God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by the lovely Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Hello, Scott. So this is our first day back. We tried yesterday, but we kind of failed yesterday. We hit the wrong button. But you know what? It's been a while since I've been hitting these buttons um, because um, because I've been in the hospital for uh, a whole month. I I uh, the last show I did was October fourth, and guess what, folks? Later that day, I was in the hospital in the ER, and uh, going on, on undergoing treatment for uh, a spinal infection. Uh, basically, it was a blood infection that became a spinal infection that uh, impacted my spine in a very dramatic way. And uh, despite my complaints that I had a spinal infection. And my doctors were saying, no, you don't have an infection. I said, I need an x-ray. They said, you just had one a month ago. And I said, but yeah, but these infections infect, you know, can change your spine dramatically and, and quickly. They said, no, no, you don't have an infection. And so my doctors, my primary care and, you know, my orthopedic uh, specialist, uh, all of them were telling me I didn't have a, an infection. And it was, if it wasn't for me, I probably wouldn't even be here right now. And it was one of those things where I ordered what was called a sedimentation rate test and a uh, CRP, which is called a C-reactive protein test for all you nurses and doctors out there that listen in. And mine were through the roof. Normally, an ESR sedimentation rate would be 20 or 10. Mine was 129. It was off the charts. And my CRP was over 143.8. Normally, that would be a 3. So where they said I didn't have an infection, I certainly did. And sure enough, in the time that I was complaining, my spine did degenerate to the point where uh, one of my x-rays from uh, early August indicated a perfectly healthy T9, T10. Well, those T9 and T10 on October 4th 
were just completely destroyed. So I went to the hospital, got a whole bunch of uh, IV antibiotics to put out the fire known as a osteomyelitis infection. And from there, uh, I was there uh, from the 4th to the 12th of October. And then after that, they said, you're okay to go home. Went home that day. I thought it was too early for them to send me home. Went home that day, and I started to get numbness in my knees and my legs, my toes, my ankles, my knees. And right there, the, uh, the orthopedic surgeon, the spinal surgeon, said, no, no, that's nerve damage. You can't afford to do that. You got to go by ambulance because I couldn't walk. So I go by ambulance to the ER, 75 minutes in an MRI machine in a tunnel. And then right from there, I went straight to the OR, six hours of surgery. Then I went to the ICU where my blood pressure was being uh, lowered by the, the uh, infection, not a virus, but an infection, uh, that without the, uh, this drug called norepi that basically increased uh, my blood pressure by shrinking my blood vessels, without that drug, I, I would have been dead. I would not have been able to sustain my life with the lower blood pressure. So I was basically on life support for two or three days, looking up at this bag, and every time it would have some sort of a blockage, like an inclusion, my blood pressure would just drop like a lead balloon, and I'd be like, okay, I hope they're gonna come before I die, right? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, they did, it was an ICU. And then I was put through uh, the hospital to recover from the surgery, and then I was given like a back brace and a walker, and and all these different things, uh, all the while on these antibiotics and these painkillers, morphine and Dilaudid and all this stuff. Uh, and then um, I was uh, sent to rehab, an inpatient rehab center, uh, which is in the same hospital. And from there, I was able to learn how to walk with a walker. And, uh, and so here I am, still with a walker, at home uh, with a, a hospital bed in my home, a walker, and some other things like a shower seat and all kinds of stuff. And I'm learning how to walk again, but the doctors tell me I'm going to have 100% recovery, 100% of the nerve damage that was done is going to be recovered. And, uh, you know, yesterday we did like a half a show, and my father actually said, the show that he was listening to, the October 4th show, and then my show chimed in from yesterday. He said my voice sounded stronger and with less pain. And I believe that's true because I'm in a lot less pain today than I was the last time I did a full show, which was October 4th. It's a different and kind of pain. You have a healing pain now. Guess who showed up at the hospital every single day? Leonora. Yep. And Leonora was by my side every step of the way. And my family uh, gave me great support. My father, uh, Joanne, his wife, my, I call her my mom. Um, basically, uh, everybody lent support, wisdom, guidance, and advice. Uh, the listeners to this show uh, offered their prayers, their well wishes. And all of that, I have to tell you, made a, made a huge difference. And um, so it was uh, absolutely important for us to have our family and to have our support networks 
and to have our God and our prayers and all of those things that make us strong and stronger. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think our government right now is trying to take away from us, the ability to see each other smile, the, uh, the impact of being too close and together, uh, and all of these things that we're fighting for are freedoms that are being taken away from us every step of the way. We see it in Australia. We see it around the world with all these different protests in, in Europe. And uh, these are all for a reason. You know, I was um, listening, actually, to one of the, uh, one of the uh, people from Europe, the, uh, Christine Anderson, a member of the European Parliament, and she said something very profound, and then we're going to go ahead and take a listen to uh, uh, to uh, 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 some other clip. Another clip. Basically, oh, <laughs> Candace Owens. I was drawing a blank on her name. Candace Owens said something very powerful as well. We're going to listen to that to cue up the show and what we're going to be talking about. Uh, but take a listen to this by Christine Anderson. This is very important need to remember is always compliance and silence enables tyrants. That is the message that I want to get across to you. So please, once again, compliance and silence enables tyrants. And we need to stop this. Because democracy, civil rights, liberty, and, you know, the rule of law, they're not God-givens. You need to fight for that every day. And what so mass disobedience, it says, mass disobedience is the only way we win this. Mass disobedience is the only way we win this. And that's exactly what they're doing around the world. Because what they're up to is a science experiment. We already know that. There's so much data that's coming out in the world today. Do you know like the hoax, we've kind of figured out that the hoax was the hoax? We've known it all along on the right. The conservative right, we've always known that that Russian hoax was a hoax. We always knew it. We always knew that the Christopher Steele dossier and the circular reporting and the collusion with the press and all of those things resulted in a big, huge, hot mess perpetrated by Hillary Clinton, who basically, you know, had experience with that with the Watergate. Watergate was nothing but a... Uh, a Democrat operation designed to make fools out of the current administration who they hated, Richard Nixon. And they tried to say Richard Nixon was spying on different groups. Well, guess what? No, that was the Weather Underground uh, being spied on by Mark Felt. His daughter was in one of those groups. Um, there was a lot of other things going on. But Mark Felt from the FBI was doing a lot of that spying. And Nixon was getting blamed for it. And Mark Felt was the FBI guy that was basically colluding with the press. A very radical, liberal press, as we now know. We watch all the president's men, and we think that these journalists are heroes. No, they were actual lunatics. We now know that Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward are, are shysters. They are liars. They are sinners. And they are scum. Tell us and how said, you really feel. <laughs> I really feel that way, Leonora. But, you know, the thing is, um, I recall Donald Trump saying, you know what, I learned something from Watergate. 
that the cover-up is worse than the crime, I choose not to get involved. Because that's exactly what they wanted Donald Trump to do. Get involved. And basically, there was no crime there. But the cover-up would have then been the impeachable offense. And they would have gotten them on it. Even the Republicans in the Senate wanted something, wanted something to hang them on. But Donald Trump outsmarted them all. He was going against a deep state that was pretty much unbeatable. I mean, the deep state swamp in D.C. is so deeply rooted. And, Leonora, you see this firsthand every day. You work in the district and you work with these people every yeah. single day. Well, I see it every day. And, you and you know, there's been some more things that have happened. Uh, Biden's FBI targeted James O'Keefe. You know, yeah. because he because he came into possession with the diary from Ashley Biden and and, and James O'Keefe didn't even use the diary. Uh, in fact, he tried to return it and they, and then they raided his home. And this was compared to what what happened with Watergate. But what would happen with Watergate, the information they obtained, they used. In this case, he got information, said it couldn't be verified, didn't use it and still had his home raided. I mean, I mean what kind of world about- do we live in? The only thing you could say about Watergate is if they did it, Watergate, Watergate did, I mean, he was going against McGovern. He won in a landslide, Nixon did, right? He didn't need to spy on the Democrats. They, they, they sucked. You know, they were, they were awful. They couldn't compete. McGovern wasn't a good candidate, a viable candidate. Nixon didn't need him. Nixon was riding high. So they planted, Watergate was no different. And by the way, guess who sat on the Watergate Commission? Hillary. Hillary Clinton, right? So she got her props from that. She says, hey, that's a good strategy. And she executed that strategy with Mark Elias. Mark Elias, by the way, who actually signed up to work with McAuliffe in the Virginia election that happened a few weeks back, right? Yeah. Well, that election, they're still studying that and what the ramifications are from that. Because, you know, they just came out with poll numbers yesterday that indicated that, um, you know, uh, Kamala Harris is 28% likability, right? Her performance rating is 28%, but Joe Biden's is 38%. Now, you could say, well, Donald Trump, you know, he had low ratings too, but that was by a liberal press that was evaluating Donald Trump, number one. Number two, Donald Trump was sitting on top of a, a an economy where, Black unemployment was at the lowest it's ever been, ever. Women unemployment in the last 65 years. Overall, labor participation rate was at its highest. We were energy independent for the first time. We beat ISIS, right? We weren't retreating from anything. We were leading the world. We were having NATO become stronger than it's ever been. We actually put a halt to this pipeline that was coming from Russia to Germany, right? We did all these great things. How we stood up to North Korea. Our foreign policy was on fire. It was great. You know, look at all the things that happened with regard to the Middle East just by having showing a little bit of tough love against the Palestinian Authority, who is basically nothing but a terrorist group. And these libtards want to actually support these groups that hate America so much. There are some developments going on right now in Iraq and in Baghdad where there's explosions and attacks on prime ministers and things like that going on. There is a lot of unrest, and you're going to be hearing about that in the news in the coming days and weeks. 
But there's a lot of problems going on around the world. Most of them are self-created. You know, this whole thing about the border and this whole thing about, you know, um, all these other things that are happening. You know, we got to get a handle on this. I mean, we're having a gas crisis, so let's shut down the oil pipelines. And let's shut down another We're having pipeline. a crime wave, so let's shut down the prisons and defund the police. We're having a health care crisis, so let's fire all the health care workers. We're having a pandemic, so let's create unregulated open borders. Right. Right? Let's now, just make a bad situation worse. I will do this. In every this. instance. I was in the hospital for over 30 days. I was in the hospital from October 4th till uh, November 2nd. And uh, that's about 30 days. I got to tell you, every one of my nurses was from like Ethiopia. And I'm like, the UN is back. The United Nations. I, I asked these, you know, these nurses, how did you get here? When did you get here? I said, I've been here seven years. And how did you get here? And they were like, a lottery program. Barack Obama started this thing. He gave the United Nations nine point something billion dollars. Well, there's a reason. There's a reason for all of this. There has been a nursing shortage in this country for probably at least forty years. But if you notice among the nurses, the female demographics have changed because years ago, for women, the career used to be nurse, teacher, um, what they used to call stewardess, secretary. The the people who became doctors and lawyers were few and far between. Women uh, back in the fifties and the sixties. Now everything has changed. So the smart woman who might have become a nurse now, a lot of them are opting for other options so we've found we've or we found a situation where we're importing female nurses the male nurses we're not importing quite so much there is a grow, there is an increase in the uh, in the domestic population that is becoming um, a male nurse without the importation of labor through this through and the um, UN programs and I have a different theory than that yeah. I, I think that um, I think that the reason why uh, the pharmaceutical companies love Fauci is because he's giving them all kinds of mo- access to money. Well, that's true. Okay. <laughs> that's and a no-brainer. <laughs> and I think that the reason why the hospitals are as left-wing as you can possibly get is because, and they're radically left-wing, the hospitals yeah. are. Yeah. And I think it's because they're benefiting from these slave labor wages. So basically, like what what um, you know, like like I've been talking about for ages. You know, I think that it's true that um, multinational corporations like multinational trade deals that that give them access to China. Nike likes it. Apple likes it. You know, all these multinational corporations love. Accessing slave labor markets in China. Now that's where a twelve-year-old works eighteen-hour days, where they have to live in a room with twelve other people, and part of their wage is their living conditions, and they get food slapped on there. It's like no different than a than a than a slave from the eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. But the idea is, is that these slave labor markets are inhumane. The same people that are endorsing these multinational trade deals and access to these slave markets are Obama, Nike. You know, they were best buddies, right? Because they wanted that access. That's why they wanted TPP to be successful. And it didn't. Trump put an end to that. And China said, well, the United States is going to leave it. We're going to leave it. But the idea is all about 
access to these slave labor markets. The same people that say, you can't live on anything but $15 minimum wage, right? Which they know is going to put jobs out a bit, you know, put end jobs and automate jobs, which is already happening. But in any case, they also, though, want slave labor jobs and slave labor access here in the United States. So they open the borders, they open the refugee programs, and they open the lottery, uh, visa lottery programs, and they get these people to come in to work their Uber, to work the dishwasher for 18 hours a day in a, in a, in a basement of a restaurant, um, to do the jobs that Americans don't want to do, to work the agricultural fields, pull the grapes off the vines, work the beef slaughterhouses, and do all these jobs that Americans don't want to do. And so they import them. And usually the men are doing the labor jobs, but the women are maybe getting the nursing jobs. Because what I saw in my hospital stay was nothing but people from Africa and the Middle East. And they were working these jobs. And these used to be occupied by white women. Say, right. right. As, as I was saying before. And, yeah, Americans. But they were getting paid double. So the hospitals benefit and they kiss the ring of someone like Joe Biden who makes it all possible. They kiss the ring of a Barack Obama who makes all this possible with these UN programs and these endorsements of these refugees. They, they stir up crises in Syria to get the refugees. They stir up or they completely botch an exit strategy in Afghanistan to get refugees. Not only does it, is, is it valuable to import voters, like I say, by putting all the refugees in Wisconsin, and trying to get Wisconsin to be part of the a blue state again, right? But it's also to populate the hospitals with low-wage workers, people that push the carts around. I, I, uh, I felt like I was on an Amazon rack. I mean, I was in the hospital. I was on a gurney. I was in a hospital bed. And they would cart me around from x-rays to spinal taps where they drilled a hole in my spine. You know, eventually they gave me spine surgery, but uh, I needed all these x-rays for my pick line that, because I took my, um, I, I'm still connected to a wire and to an IV uh, as we are speaking now. I'm connected to a uh, um, antibiotic uh, via IV. I'm, I'm strapped to a machine. Um, I have a back brace on right now, sitting in a chair, but um and I have a hospital bed, you know, that I'm still using. But when I was at the hospital, I was carted around. I felt like an Amazon box going from, you know, point A to point B to point C, uh, like a shipping container. Well, you literally you almost know? were and because they'd bring you places and you'd have to wait for a while before you got the procedure. Yeah, and then you would wait to get picked up. And then you'd say, you'd tell, talk to the person and say, what am I here for? Or what's that? What's and they wouldn't even know. They're like, your name? You know, they don't even know who you are. And, and you know oh, what are you in for? And, and they scan your wrist. That's the thing. They scan your wrist and it would come up on a chart, but they didn't even know what your ailment was. Yeah. So it's um, kind of an interesting thing. I remember once I was getting the x-ray from my back, and I literally had a stand. And the guy was like, all right, get up and uh, get up out of the thing and, and just stand here and take your x-ray. And I'm looking at him like, you know, like I just had surgery. I can't walk, right? And you barely even knew my condition. And what was funny is the look in his eyes when I first arrived, he was looking at me like, why, why are you not 
what, what's the reluctance, right? And then he took his first x-ray and he saw eight titanium screws in my back and how mangled my back was from the infection, the bacterial infection, where it uh, was T9 and T10, but the fusion was T7 to T12. And he looked at me, and next thing you know, he's grabbing me by the armpit. Are you okay? Can you make it? Like, he, he had a whole different reaction yeah. to, like, he couldn't even believe I was standing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you standing, dude? You know, you know, looking at my back. After he saw the first x-ray, it changed his tune, let's put it that way. But the point is, is that these people are working in this hospital, and they're getting, they're getting uh, everything is specialized, so you don't have to pay a person as much if all they need to know is how to push a gurney or do a syringe or uh, draw blood or do you know very specialized tasks, right? And um, you don't have to pay a person as much. They all are from different countries. They all have limited knowledge as to what they're doing. And in a couple of times, they've made a mistake. Uh, with my situation, um, I would be on an antibiotic every four hours. They would drip into, and then rather than the alarms go off on these pumps, they would have it go over to a saline solution, and it was supposed to be like a low level, like five. Well, they had to go over, and next thing you know, it was 200. That's what the antibiotic was. Well, next thing you know, it goes over to the next ingredient, and that was 200. The lady made a mistake. If that was morphine, I'd be dead in, two, in an hour. I would be dead. So, you know, it's one of those... One of those things where you have the this situation and where I don't think medicine is as safe as it used to be and in a lot of ways. And I think that they're getting these people that could barely speak the language at half price, which is the reason why the hospitals are in love with the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party is enabling the hospitals to save billions of dollars on the grand scheme and it's changing our medicine forever it's dumbing it down it's making it uh, I think less effective you know for my doctors to not have a clue as to what my condition was and I would just say to the people out there listening if you have a back ailment and your 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 x-rays don't look bad they look normal and you still have pain and it's radiating Get yourself an ESR, a sedimentation rate, and a CRP blood test, and run a culture test if you can. I asked for one, and my primary care rejected it because she didn't think I had uh, an infection. And I asked for an x-ray, and she didn't think I had an infection, so she said no. I asked for an MRI, and it was rejected by my health insurance. And the reason why I got to be in the predicament that I'm in is because the medical system that I was working with wasn't, did not have my best interest at heart. They had the bottom line uh, at heart. But I think things are changing. I think things are changing in a big way. I think that um, that election, the Virginia election for sure, and even the New Jersey election, I think that they were a wake-up call to, to the left. I heard James Carville yesterday come out and say, you know what, we got to get away from this wokeism. Right, wokeism has become a dirty word now. Well, CRT, 
uh, pretty much crippled the Virginia election, especially because of what McAuliffe had yeah, to McAuliffe say. Yeah, McAuliffe basically made some comment to the effect that parents don't have a right to be involved in their children's education, and and many believe that that cost him the election, that that was the tipping point that went in Glenn Youngkin's favor. And the critical race theory in general, particularly as we approach the holidays, this becomes more and more prevalent because we're, we're getting into the uh, time of the year in which we're talking about political correctness even more. Yes. So so it's become a concern about what are the right books for you, your child to be reading? You know, what, you know, what, what are, what, what are they being forced to read in school that they shouldn't be reading? And what about all the great literature that they're not reading because hey, they're reading all this garbage? I got news for you. <clears throat> I have never seen, uh, a clear picture as to how local politics, and I mean at the most local level, I have never seen local politics have such an impact on national politics in my life as I can with tracing back the dynamics of the Loudoun County uh, parents speaking up and generating a lot of enthusiasm creating a powerful megaphone for themselves to where they were speaking up against CRT, critical race theory. And uh, also the, their, that, the cover-up of rapes in their schools and, you know, um, assaults and different dynamics that were happening in these schools that were being covered up. And they were speaking up, and they were speaking up loudly. They were getting national attention. Thanks to, you know... News organizations that we don't like so much anymore, like Fox News, but at least Fox News was doing something about it. And it was that Loudoun County thing that made an impact on such an important election, such as the Virginia election, which actually, I think, was a wake-up call and had a ripple effect across the nation as to what story it told. And James Carville spoke up and said, we got to move away from critical race we got to move, walk, move away from changing the names of high schools like Abraham Lincoln's high school or George Washington High School, and get away from those things that don't have immediate are not paying immediate dividends for the Democrats. Right? That they, the wokeism, the the cancel culture. The tearing down of statues, the changing the name of high schools, the, the implementation and infiltration of critical race theory. Those are all things that maybe they want to change the minds of our youth. But that's a 10-year, 20-year cycle. And right now they're trying to actually install socialism and communism immediately. And so they're saying, let's abandon that for now. We'll get back to that when we have more leverage and power. But right now, we obviously don't. And so that was the wake-up call. They would have pushed forward with critical race theory if they won some elections. But they saw the writing on the wall, and they knew that they were biting too much at that apple. But the thing about the critical race theory is this is just another name for something that's gone on for decades. And the reality is books like um, George Orwell's Animal Farm, where you, you, know, you had animals who simulated communism who who were symbolized it uh, that 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 book has been taught in schools for years i mean yeah. there's been the evils of communism um, have been infiltrating schools both from a cautionary standpoint and from a you know a 
grooming standpoint for many decades. It's just we're finally in a situation where we have so many students that actually can be converted. And that's the scary thing. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, we are winning a lot of these uh, races. I I really believe that um, with the poll numbers tanking the Biden administration, they got to be looking at some things, but they're doubling down. I mean, they're closing the L5, the Line 5, Line five mm-hmm. uh, Michigan Pipeline. Yeah. They, you know, when they say they're studying it. In addition to Keystone. It, when they say they're studying it, no, they're not studying it. They're, they're, they're closing they're it down. They're closing it down. And that, that, th- those are jobs. I mean, people keep not realizing that, the, that these jobs, it's not just the people that Thousands work on the jobs. pipeline. It's the, pi- it's the other industries that, around it that the pipeline supports. Well, the pipeline it, requires these pumps. Yeah. To pump the, keep the pump, to keep it flowing. Right. And so there's a lot of manpower. A lot of high-skilled, high-paying jobs in in very repressed states, and these re- these states represent the Democrat blue wall. Yeah, right. These are very important states for the Democrats uh, who need these states to win national elections: Michigan, Wisconsin, these states. Now they can import all they want, but you know what? Turning those people into voters, part of it is backfiring. A lot of Hispanics that have been imported through the southern border, guess what? They're they're like in the Republican Party. Yeah, and that's been going on for a while. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot. Every time we've gone to Florida, we... We undoubtedly run into a Cuban Lyft driver who tells a story of how their family or the par- their parents immigrated to Florida, and you know what a difference it made in their lives. And but but again, the young people today do not realize the stories of Castro. They do not realize the evils of socialism and communism. They just hear, you know, as you know, the part that they hear, you know, is talked about on campuses now. It's the sugar coated version. It's the everybody gets the get something version, which when everybody gets something, that means nobody gets anything more, that everybody is equal. You have the same shirt on, you have the same meal on your plate, you live in the same house. Well, if everything is the same, what is there to aspire to? But frankly, I I still don't understand uh, my Democrat friends and family members that support and endorse the Biden administration. I don't either. Uh, Every single thing they do seems to hurt the middle class. And, you know, they make up stories. They lie to the American people. They know what they're doing. You know, Mayorkas and Biden were hand in glove together when they said they wanted to change the demographics of the United States forever. And the corporations loved it because they knew that they were going to get slave labor out of it. So that was their benefit. And that's that's where the support lies. And that's why the corporations endorsed CNN and MSNBC more than they endorse Red State Talk Radio or WFYL in Philadelphia or um, uh, uh, Fox News, for that matter. And the Democrat Party seems to be focused on so many weird things. Like they just um, are announcing a new ship, a military ship, a U.S. Navy named military ship after gay rights leader Harvey Milk. And its christening was done by a transgender veteran. Yeah. Now, what what message does that send to the military? Uh, I have you know, no idea. I mean, you Harvey... Know, you got Buttigieg, right? Yeah. Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Agjeg. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Every time you see Buttigieg... Racist, 
highways. Yeah, well, when you see Buttigieg doing an interview, he, you know, he's talking about racist highways, but in every single interview, he has to somehow and say, well, you know, and their other father, when he was, his children were ill, and somehow it's in, uh, uh, you know, and, and whoever was interviewing him, intervie- you know, asked some questions about the children before getting into the issues, and he had to say, oh, they're doing quite well now, but they're with their other father. And I'm like, okay, fine, they're with their other father. I mean, why do, why do we have to drop this always? It's always, let's, let's create no, a social justice message what i'm saying is the military is embracing transgender that's such bull, bull crap right and and the was other harvey part, milk even in the military no it's just <laughs> ridiculous that you'd get a transgender that thought they you know, cracked the bottle of wine across the ship it's just so stupid yeah and then um and and then you got Buttigieg, you know answering to april ryan right yeah a question about racist highways and Meanwhile, you have 500 ships off the coast. Yeah. 500 ships, folks, that are raising the price of... I priced out the price of bacon, and I could not believe I was on Costco. It may have been a three-pack, I forget, but, you know, uh, I do Instacart these days because I'm not very mobile. But um, in any case, uh, let's look at a bacon. It was like $26 for, like... The bacon. You well, know? this brings a whole new meaning to, like to the 12. term bring home the bacon. No, but we're seeing this all already, and I've said this before. I mean, last year the socialists and the crazy liberals tried to shut down Christmas because of COVID. Uh, we can't be a mo- we can't be with our family. Well, this year it's going to be the supply chain. Santa Claus isn't going to be able to come because he couldn't get the toys, or or or, or he or I'm sorry, he didn't have enough gas for the well, sleigh. Who does that impact though? The middle class. America. Yes, it impacts the middle class because the rich always. Find Find a way, and the poor get the no, handouts. The, the rich is really immune to this. The rich, stuff. the rich are immune, and the poor, and the poor are getting more more government aid. Get the government just aid. The, yeah. um, just look at the uh, illegals, right? Yeah. These illegal families are going to get. It was uh, supposed to be four hundred fifty thousand. They cracked down on that, and now it's like three hundred fifty thousand. Could you and, imagine somebody just being handed? And what 400? they're trying to say is, they're trying to make arguments like the argument is. Oh, well, you know, they're not allowed to work because it impacts uh, American jobs. But then why are they here? (laughs) Right. So we have to help them in some way. No, we don't. We send them back to where they came from and they wait in line. Well, look, I mean, you know, this is an insult to anybody who came through legally. They're claiming asylum when it's not really an asylum. Well, case. that's the problem, Scott. As you and I keep talking we're about, being is duped we're being and duped, lied to. and and it's not fair. To, first just, of all, it's not fair to the people who came here legally, did it, did things the right way. It's also not fair to people that truly are victims who really need asylum. You know, when everybody suddenly becomes an asylum victim, then yeah. the true asylum victims yeah. uh, get lost in the shuffle. Let's take a listen to this. This is Will Kane talking about the migrant that lied. Let's take a listen to this. It's ridiculous. Disturbing phone calls started coming into Jacksonville Sheriff's Police Office. On a Wednesday night just a few weeks ago, motorists had reported seeing a man covered in blood walking along the highway. And then he disappeared into the woods. When authorities finally arrested the man, the next morning they identified him as a Honduran migrant named Medina Aloa. Now, Aloa claimed to be a teenager. Authorities followed the trail of blood left by Medina Oloa to find his victim, a 46-year-old father of four. And security cameras showed Oloa stabbing the man multiple times and beating him to death with a chair in his own home. Just a terrible story. 
Now, investigators suspected Aloha was lying about his identity, so they checked in with the Honduran consulate. And that's when they found out that Medina Aloha is not, in fact, a teenager. He's actually 23 years old, and he's in this country illegally. So how did he get here? It turns out Aloha did not sneak across the border. He didn't overstay his visa. No, instead, according to a report in the New York Post, Aloha crossed the border under a fake name, pretending to be an unaccompanied minor. And in keeping with the Biden administration's immigration policies, he was led into the country. He was placed into a shelter, and then he was released. The Biden administration then reportedly put Aloha on a secret resettlement flight to Florida. Now, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has called this what it is. It's a deliberate effort by the Biden administration to endanger American citizens in exchange for political power. This individual has, has been detained, should have never been in this country to begin with, and definitely should not have been dumped in the state of Florida. And so these are middle of the night flights, no, no notification to the state or anybody. Uh, and this is not the way uh, you keep people safe. No, it's not. The Biden administration isn't just letting record number of illegal immigrants cross our borders. They're bringing them here. And they're prohibiting immigration authorities from deporting any of them, even ones with violent criminal records. To be clear, this is against the law. Sec so, you know, the people that are rich with the pearly gates, the gated communities mm -hmm. and all this, you know, it's sad. And this is what DeSantis has to say about this as well. Just be clear with what OSHA is doing. They're clearly not doing science because they reject immunity through prior infection. They reject the Israel study and all the very strong studies that have come out that show people that have recovered from COVID have strong protection. Uh, they totally cast that aside and they make no accommodation or acknowledgement of that in any way, shape or form. Uh, but ultimately, people should be able to make these decisions. I don't think people want this decision yanked away from them. I don't think they want to allow a precedent where the federal government could come in and just force you uh, to do what it wants you to do. And make no mistake about it, those individuals who have uh, been gone through a normal vaccination series for COVID, uh, you will be determined to be unvaccinated very soon. They will do that. They are going to tell you you're unvaccinated and you have to get a booster. Otherwise, you... All right, that's the vaccination story. But you know what's interesting about that? is yesterday they had to uh, offer an appeal. Now he's telling corporations, the Biden administration is, to violate the law. The Fifth Circuit Court actually put up uh, an appeal. Uh, no, the Fifth Circuit Court ruled that if you're a corporation with 100 employees, you don't have to fire your employees. All right. And there's several suits related to this. Yes. And they had to uh, send an appeal to the Fifth Circuit. I guess they did, but, you know, it's it's not been uh, re resolved it's, it's yet. It's not been resolved yet, yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a case where I believe it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, it will be uh, decided that uh, that's unconstitutional, just like um, Barack Obama was unconstitutional with the DACA and DREAMers. I don't know what's happening with the audio. I hear that squeaking noise. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I'm going to try this one. This is a quick clip from DeSantis. 
So this is just the tip yeah, of the iceberg. Uh, it's going to get more restrictive. There's going to be more power brought to bear uh, going forward if we don't stand up now um, and, and fight back. I just think people are so sick of constantly being bossed around, restricted, mandated, all these different things. Uh, we've had enough of it, and we want people to be able to make their own decisions. And so, so it is important to stand up for people's individual right. ability uh, to make decisions. Are you sick of it, by the way? Are you sick of getting bossed around? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen a government. I've never seen an American government so bossy. And, you know, with regard to the mandate, you know, there, again, to your point, they're still, the, they're still deciding this, um, you know, from the Fifth Circuit. But basically, you know, this, this started, um, the case was brought in Louisiana. You know, in, in terms yep. of the opposition by an employer in Louisiana, but I was. But what I was going to say is that you you feel that you are getting these restrictions everywhere. You call up to get a doctor's appointment. Are you vaccinated? Um, I recently had to go to an, an event and I had to show just to physically enter the door a proof of vaccination. Well, you were in New York, though. I was in you know, but But the point is, this is happening in a lot of places where they're taking away your freedoms. Right. And, you know, but then people will make the decision, okay, if I go to New York um, and I go to... Oh, no one's going to New York. Yeah. Not until there's... Uh, this crazy mandate. You right. Know, they're waiting to see what Eric Adams is. Uh, the Eric? new mayor, Eric Adams. Eric he, Adams yeah, he's do. got a last name that's difficult for you to remember. Right. I remember the last. I wasn't sure about the first. <laughs> no, right, it's let, Eric let's Adams. Let's see if we got this sound problem fixed. Um, I'm hoping. Intentionally. Yeah, this is good. So that was just a bad recording. Yeah. Okay, this is Candace Owens. This is just a brilliant piece uh, that she has to offer. Uh, Intentionally making it's things so worse true, because folks. tearing down what we have is a prerequisite to building utopia. I, I think that is the answer to what we're seeing. That's exactly correct. And this is an especially sensitive topic for me today because I spent the earlier part of the day speaking to a, a North Korean defector. And I, I was actually horrified hearing her speak about what she lived through while she was in North Korea and understanding that, you know, what they're really trying to do right here in America is build exactly that model where the state controls and owns and operates everything. You will have nothing and you will be happy because you have served some higher purpose, some higher government, some higher idea, which you're talking about, these ideologues, some higher idea, green new energy. You did it for your planet. You need to have nothing. You need to shut down these pipelines. You're not going to be able to afford to fill up gas, but look at you. You should be proud because now this is a part of the Green New Plan. And by the way, if you want anything, you've got to worship government. This is the whole reason why when you talk about what is the thing that connects these attack of the education system, why are they dumbing down kids? Why are they being so horrible about families? Why do they want parents, why do they want children turning to government and not to their parents for answers? Well, one thing that ties this all is that they don't want there to be anything but the state in your individual lives. In fact, one of the things that this North Korean told me was that there was no concept of love right she said we don't we don't have words like stress we don't have words like social justice uh, in, in, in Korean she's like there's no concept of this in the state because they don't want you to even think about that because you're supposed to know that this is how things are supposed to be every movie that they're allowed to watch in North Korea and this really terrified me the only concept of anybody dying is for the state the highest honor is for the state we're seeing right now and people thought this was a radical concept years ago this is a Republican talking point it's not we are 
are seeing America being radically transformed into a communist country. That is what is happening right now. People need to wake up to this, Tucker. I cannot say it enough because it's happening quickly. How have they done it? They needed an existential crisis. Well, COVID-19 is their never-ending existential crisis. This is why we have to take everything that you own. This is why we have to shut down your businesses. This is why you can't earn a living while we take trillions for ourselves because we're here to help. No, we're not. We're here to take over every aspect of your lives and welcome you to a socialist reverie. And what's interesting about that, she mentions the use of COVID, just like the Russian hoax, we're finding out now through Danchenko, through the Durham reports and, and all this uh, reveal that it was a hoax. We knew it all along, but yeah. you know, the world's just waking up, I guess, the CNN, CNNs and MSNBCs and the liberals are just waking up to the fact that it was a hoax. And is anything going to be done about it? Who knows? But you know what? Here's the sad news. The sad news is they got what they wanted, yeah. right? They, they got what they wanted in 2020's election. They ripped off. They rigged. And this is what you get when you rig an election, right? You get the polar opposite of what the people want. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening right now. The other part of it is, you know, there's a new study by, uh, in Ireland. It says the death rate, the total deaths in Ireland, and this is according to their national data s- system, um, the total deaths for 2020 were no different than 2019, 2018, 2017. How do you figure? Yeah. Well, that's because there's no flu anymore, right? People aren't dying from the flu. They're dying from COVID. People aren't dying from cancer. They're dying from COVID. People aren't dying from heart attack. They're dying from COVID. People aren't dying from gunshots to the head because they're dying from COVID. It's crazy. It's absolutely How crazy. How we let this happen. These And this is medical, folks. This is the medical libtards. They're running the show right now. This is the Dr. Fauci's of the world. And, you know, we're going to find out about Dr. Fauci, too, but it's going to be too little too late. He's going to get the Hillary Clinton treatment. He was just at a big event where he was goo-goo-ga-ga over Hillary, right? Um, But it's absolutely stunningly crazy. Um, And, you know, about those secret flights, I think that is the scariest thing of all because... This is how you're importing votes and putting them in battleground states. Actually, the Biden administration is secretly resettling foreign nationals, illegal immigrants all over the country with resettlement flights, most of them secret. Now, almost 80 of these flights recently have landed in the state of Florida. What happened next? Well, here's one thing. An illegal migrant from Honduras called Medina Uloa was on one of those flights. He is now accused of murdering a father of four in his own home. Ron DeSantis is the sitting governor of Florida. He joins us tonight. Governor, thanks so much for coming on. So just to, the news stories suggest that the administration was sending planes into your state and offloading people secretly from foreign countries in violation of the law. Is that accurate? So these are flights that are coming in two or three in the morning. Uh, the feds, of course, control the airspace and they're there on the ground. Uh, They take these folks and then they send them in other parts of Florida by bus or other parts of the southeast. And that individual who was murdered was, in fact, murdered by an illegal alien who was on one of Biden's flights, these, these midnight flights, unannounced, no notice, no support for the state, no ability for us to veto it ahead of time. And if if Biden had not been doing that, if he'd been doing his job, that individual would be alive today. I, I mean, I, 
I'm not a constitutional scholar. I know that you are an attorney, but are they allowed to do this? Can the, the White House just decide, you know, we don't we don't like you. You may run for president. We're not, we don't like that. And so we're just going to flood your state with people from other countries and there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, we're looking at what we can do. I think that they use these private contractors. So what we're looking at is how can we fight back against the contractors? We can obviously deny them state contracts, which we will do. Uh, can we deny them access to Florida's market generally? Can we tax them? Can we do things to provide disincentives so they can't do it? Uh, so we're going to do whatever we can to do it. Unfortunately, uh, they do have the ability to get into these airports because the FAA controls it and the feds really have jurisdiction over it. So we're trying to work with the local airport authorities, see if there's a way uh, that we can get around that. But we are going to go after some of these contractors because they are bringing in people uh, that are causing burdens. So the only thing we can do there is slow it down. Yeah. Right. And that's what we have to do with 2022's election. Right. We need to slow it down. We and do. The way we slow it down is we take control of the Senate, we take control of the House, and that will be our road to the White House. And that's because happening slowly. One of the ways you can actually put a stop to election rigging in these fake machines is to, to basically control um, the House and the Senate to bring heat on the administration and to reopen the case with Hunter and Ashley, Yeah, we talked about. And, uh, you know, this is a messed up family, the Biden family. No, they're, they're, they you have a lot of issues. You talk about all kinds of incest and, and all kinds of heroin and all kinds of crazy stuff. How in the world did this family ever rise to the top of the political heap, a pile of crap in Washington, D.C.? Um, I'll never know, um, <laughs> except, except to say that they rigged it. They rigged and, it. And uh, there's just no doubt about it. The America, America is too great. And we stand for greatness and we stand for things that I think are, are we are a puritarian uh, country. And I'm proud of that. I like the fact that we have principles and morals. You know, maybe the Europeans laugh at us for it, but we have standards and principles we have standards and, and it, principles and we are in some ways a little bit of a puritan country in terms of puritanical yeah in in terms of some of our uh, perceptions of sexuality and everything else contrary to the way the you know, media that's okay. appears it's better than the alternative well that's really. what i think you know it's uh i think it's better to have values and god and uh sense of yourself yeah and love of country and love of country absolutely yeah. patriotism i mean and that's what that that's exactly what the trump supporters are all about and, you know, we might get laughed at. We might get um, called dirty names like racists and whatnot. But you know what? The heck with that. You know, we, we stand for something greater than ourselves. And uh, we got to take it back, folks. And that, this show and sharing ideas and thoughts and doing our own independent research are all part and parcel of fighting back and taking back our country. Uh, so that's what we're doing every step of the way. And the Scott Adams show, with the grace of God, is going to be here to do that as well. Carry that water. Carry that, carry that water. That's what we're going to be doing. With that, that comes to the end of our show. with the music. My name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cavetta. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Y'all.
I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, they grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. 